Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Driving Theology. My name's Mike, and it is uh, late November now. What is the date today? 29th, I think. My birthday was three days ago. It turned uh, the ripe old age of 55. And, uh, yeah, just heading out to work on this really clear sky day. Very beautiful. Not a not a cloud in the sky, literally. Can't, oh, saw one cloud. But other than that, <laughs> almost perfectly clear. The uh, leaves are orange and red and brown and yellow. And uh, yeah, beautiful autumn day, not too cold. Let's see what my car says it is outside. 11 degrees. This is probably in the 50s or high 40s, I'm not even sure, but it's sunny. No, 11 is more like, yeah, in the 50s, let's say. <clears throat> hey Siri, 11 degrees Celsius is one in Fahrenheit. 11 degrees Celsius is 51.8 degrees Fahrenheit. 51. It's a warm 51. Sun shining, not much wind. Really nice, yeah. Uh... Everything's going to be quietish as we ride today. I've got a heavier jacket on than I've worn so far this year. <clears throat> uh, just because it is getting a little bit colder and I don't want to be stuck in case the weather does turn bad and not have a decent jacket. Um, yeah, so... Got up early this morning, got ready for work early, had a bunch of coffee. I've got another cup with me. Um, been really enjoying a lot of uh, drip coffee this week. So uh, back in my hometown of St. Charles, Missouri, uh, there's a coffee shop called Upshot. Uh, there's a couple of them. There's one out, out in a little community called Cottleville and uh, Upshots in downtown St. Charles. And uh, my daughter worked with them as a barista for, a, I think, about a year, maybe less than a year, hard to say. Uh, but I guess she made an impression with them, and since she's been here uh, finishing her degree uh, online, uh, she's been here in uh, Japan finishing her degree up there, so she, she went to college there at uh, Lindenwood University. Anyway, they sent her a care package, and it had, I don't even know how many, maybe nine, eight, seven, seven, eight or nine different coffees, different roasts and uh, beans and blends, and just a wonderful variety of coffee, and I've been enjoying that this week. Um, trying different ones and today I went back to their autumn blend which is the very first one I tried uh, and it's called night howl and it's just really nice it's it's a it's a nice blend not too dark um, it's just a great cup of coffee take a sip for you it's a little bit fruity Yeah, definitely getting some uh, <clears throat> lemon or 
or orange, uh, some citrus in there. Creamy mouthfeel, which is always good. But yeah, good, good coffee. Uh, and, you know, we're almost, we're about to be in the Advent season, so pretty much after Thanksgiving, for me, uh, it's, it's the holiday season. I think uh, Thanksgiving is the beginning of the holiday season. I talked about this last week. And I really enjoy Christmas, but it looks like one of my daughters is not going to be able to be home for Christmas. I was hoping she would be, so we would have two of our three daughters home for Christmas, but it looks like... Uh, she won't be able to make it this year for <laughs> various reasons. Uh, so she'll probably stay with her sister in Hawaii. And it'll be the, the three of us uh, plus my uh, my daughter's boyfriend for Christmas probably this year. I don't know. Maybe we'll go out and do something in the snow. I have no idea what we're going to do. But between now and then, I've got basically four Christmas gigs. Uh, one is uh, this Saturday and it's with the kindergarten that I'm going to teach at right now so today will be a, a practice for that as well as next uh, in, in two days on Friday and then the actual performance will be on Saturday it's a big kindergarten performance and every year I teach the kids uh, a couple of uh, English Christmas songs the oldest kids and we perform it together for the annual uh, Christmas concert for the, for the parents and the grandparents and what have you. And the last couple of years, there's been a lot of restrictions about who could come. But I think this year, I think all the restrictions will be gone, all, although there's still a lot of sickness in the, in the kindergartens and in, you know, in the world in general. I'm not sure if the flu is not making a, a big comeback after being uh, uh, surpassed by... COVID the last several years, but COVID's still around as well. I don't know if you notice in my voice, I've got a little something going on. I don't know if it's seasonal allergies or really could be anything, but uh, <clears throat> warnings are kind of tough for me to get going and I'll have a runny nose every once in a while during the day. Uh, it's not too bad, I guess. I feel okay. Got, some, got a good night's sleep last night actually gotten a good night's sleep for the last couple nights, which is nice and rare for me, but uh, yeah, the over, older I get, the harder it is to get a good night's sleep, but at the same time, the, the, le the less it, important it becomes, I guess, in some ways, uh, of course, getting adequate sleep is important for your health, but the older you get, the more you realize that you can actually function quite well without proper sleep as long as it doesn't happen for too long or, or over over too long a period of time. And, and that knowledge that you can get by kind of helps you get through those days when sleep uh, isn't quite as... Uh, wasn't quite as long or as deep as you would have liked it to have been. One of those things, you know, when you're a kid, well, when you're in college or maybe high school, and you do your first overnighter, you know, you stay up all night uh, for this or that. Whether it's uh, me, probably my first time would have been uh, when I played 
Risk with my high school friends. We'd stay up all night and play Risk on the weekends once in a while. Uh, that was probably my first one. And then, uh, probably graduation night, high school graduation night, staying up, going from party to party that night was probably my second. Second time I did an all-nighter. But in high school, or sorry, college is kind of when all-nighters become, you know, a habit. <clears throat> they become just part of what you do uh, to survive, uh, especially when you are a busy slash uh, social <laughs> slash lazy <laughs> student. Uh, all-nighters are a necessity just to survive. Um, so, yeah, but you know, when you, when you do your first one, you feel like you're going to die, you, you feel like there's no way I'm going to make it until this or that, and then you know, you do enough of them and you realize life goes on even if you miss a night's sleep. It's not unlike missing a meal, right? Uh, you may think that you can't uh, go, go without breakfast or you can't go without lunch or dinner. But the fact is, your, your bodies are a pretty amazing thing and, and it finds a way to get by these um, unfortunate circumstances if uh, if and when they arise. You are more resilient physically than your mind believes you are, uh, at least until you convince yourself otherwise. <clears throat> it's amazing what we can do with less. That's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. I, I have this really vague um, image in my mind I'm not sure I can tease it out, but it's it's something that has bothered me for a while. And it has to do with materialism and financial security. Um, on the one hand, the world today tells us in no uncertain terms that we need to put money aside. We need to have retirement. Uh, we need to, to be able to uh, live the good life after we retire from full-time work, that we need to uh, somehow slow down, right? Uh, and at a certain age, we should just start enjoying life, right? Uh, which, you know, if you do it at, at 25 years old, you're a hedonist, right? You're, you are... Um, uh, doing nothing uh, but uh, living for pleasure. Uh, so at a certain time of your life, of course, that's not probably the best way to live. But for some reason, we think that once you're 60 or 65, you should suddenly just start living for pleasure. That at that point in your life, it's fine, it's okay for you to do. Which is really weird if you think about it really weird. Uh, makes makes n little or no sense. If it's not good uh, at one time in your life, how can it be actually good for you at another? And, and I get it. You know, at some point you get old or older and uh, it may be quite difficult for you to do the same kind of work you did before. Um, but my, my concern is what quality of life do you actually um, 
have when you're not quote-unquote gainfully employed, right? When you're not, when you don't have that activity to do every day. Uh, and and I've, I've kind of been semi-retired probably for the last, I don't even know, let's see. Well, let's say, let's say five to eight years. So because I've owned my own businesses, uh, I've had some um, control of my schedule. Uh, and I continue to teach and teach kids. And, you know, there are things that I continue to do and have always done. And there have been times in since owning a business that I've actually been working six days a week, right? So I have put in... Uh, my first Japan was six days a week. Uh, my first year in Japan was working six days a week <coughs> and uh, and I've had other years where I worked six days a week uh, but I probably have not worked a 40 hour week in a long time <clears throat> maybe maybe ever I may never have worked a 40 hour week even when I was a full-time, well, that's not true. I did because uh, I taught. I, I taught at a school for, um, you know, five days a week. <clears throat> Sorry, my throat's getting a little scratchy. I didn't take a drink. And then I was also working at least two evenings at my own school. So I think if I add all that up, I'm. Yeah, I think I was over 40 for quite a long time, actually. Uh, And there there have been other things that I've done as far as uh, missionary, church planter, um, things like that. So that was always uh, another occupation of mine that was always there or has been there for nearly 30 years. But now, and it's not going to last very long, but now I find myself working three days a week. And my actually my actual working or teaching hours <clears throat> right now are, well, let's just say my the hours I have to be away from home. That makes it look a little better. Uh, it's probably somewhere around... 25 hours um, total that I'm working right now. Uh, or, you know, the equivalent thereof with travel time. And, you know, uh, like today, I, I'll, I'll leave the house at, at a little after 9 and get home right around 7 p.m. Uh, that's a really long day. Now, inside that, it's not all work, but I have to be it's very far from home, you know, it's a 35, 40 minute drive. So because of that, uh, I am uh, away from home and I think you would have to include all of those hours even though uh, I do have a significantly long break uh, in the middle of the morning and then the afternoon hours. Uh, but anyway, I my point is I've kind of been semi-retired now. I'm probably working about half the time that another person who works in a big company would be doing. 
And uh, on top of all that, I own uh, two businesses. And so I'm involved in the, you know, in worrying about those pretty much all the time. Making decisions and, and leadership and, you know, things that come up and filling in for other people or whatever, right? Special events. So there's a lot of that. But my schedule is quite free. In, in a lot of ways. Uh, so, yeah, I already that's been hard on me to have to to only have a set schedule for three days and for four days to be a little free. It's it's not a probably the best way for me to be. Now the problem with it all is at my age, my today, my Wednesday. It's such a tough day. I, it, it's a long drive. It's a long day. It kind of wipes me out for all of Thursday after doing Wednesday. So Thursday's a recovery day from my Wednesday. My Mondays used to be like that. So Tuesday I'd have fewer classes. I kind of spread it out a little bit now, so it's not too bad. Okay, so back to... I, I, sorry, I went on a long tangent. But my point is... <clears throat> that what I have found to be in scripture and closer to the heart of Christ and Jesus uh, is this idea of not relying on savings, not relying, not, not planning too hard for your future, not putting all your eggs in your future basket, right? Um, and you get this from the Sermon on the Mount in Jesus' words where he says, you know, don't worry about uh, what you will eat or what you will wear. And he says, you know, God takes care of the flowers and the birds. Um, don't you think he's going to take care of you too? You know, don't worry too much. Uh, other scriptures where Jesus sends out the apostles and tells them, don't take anything. Don't take an extra cloak. Don't, you know, an extra pair of shoes or whatever. Um, just just go, right? Now there's another time where he sends them out and he tells them to take stuff. Um, uh, <clears throat> so this idea that you have to have this nest egg saved up so that somehow you'll be able to live the good life when you're older. I don't know. It just it doesn't seem it doesn't seem right to me. It doesn't seem right to me in the face of Christ. And there's a lot of things that we do in our modern life and that I do in our modern life that doesn't seem right to me in in light of who Christ was and and how he lived. And I believe that we're supposed to follow him. <clears throat> we're supposed to follow him. Uh, and, you know, part of me, part of me, of course, wants to be comfortable and, and doesn't want to have to worry about money or existence or, or, or what we eat or whether we have clothes or whether we can pay the rent. There's a part of me that doesn't want to worry about that at all. And it would be nice just to be wealthy, right? To, to 
to have everything I need uh, and not have to worry about money for the rest of my life. But I think the message of Jesus is that you already have that, right? You already have that because God is love. God is good and he wants to take care of you. And he, he can and will provide for you. But in order to qualify for that program, <laughs> so to speak, you need to let go. You know, Jesus also talked to the rich young ruler. And the rich young ruler, you know, said, you know, I, I, I've, what do I need to do to be saved? And Jesus said, you know, uh, you need to do this and that and the other. And he said, I've done all those things. I followed the law since I was young. Jesus says, one, one more thing you lack, go and sell everything and give the proceeds to the poor and you will have eternal life. Right? Jesus tells him to take his nest egg, his wealth, his inheritance, his retirement, take that, sell it, and give everything you have to the poor and you will have eternal life. I mean, wow. Wow. Now, I'm not a rich young ruler <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I, I think this is a message for all of us, isn't it? That, that until we stop relying on money to be our salvation, we will not be able to grasp the free salvation that Jesus offers. That while we're, while we're clinging to the physical things of this life, we are denying ourselves eternal life. <clears throat> eternal life that, that Jesus offers us. I don't know. I mean, whew, it's a tough thing, right? It's tough. Paul seems to have worked all the way up until he was crucified. Crucified is the wrong word. Uh, uh, executed. <clears throat> rented a place, he, he made money, he worked. Uh, we don't get the idea that he was ever saving money. We don't get the idea that Christians save money. In fact, they pooled their money for the benefit of uh, the poor in their community. If there were poor in their community, they would pool their resources. Yeah, so Yeah, I don't know. It's it's one of those weird things, right? So there's so much emphasis. And I'm in my 50s, right? There's so much emphasis on us doing something to somehow 
make sure that we can retire. And there's the very real possibility that if we don't, we will be a burden on our family members. Or so it seems. So what what is the answer here? What what is the even even people like Richard Rohr, who's a who's a Catholic priest, he must de- be dependent somewhat on his salary that he gets from the church. I bet he has a nice big retirement. He has his book deals, right? He's written books. He's sold lots of books. He's probably independently wealthy because of all of that. And yet, you know, if I pose this question to him, um, can I trust the answer he'd give knowing that, that he is financially safe in his retirement, that he's able to to live without working, that he doesn't have to worry about that because the church has covered it and his writing, right? <clears throat> or should I look at it as, well, He's he continues to write, he continues to teach, uh, even though he's, what, maybe 80 now, and that he doesn't you know, maybe he's giving away a lot of the proceeds from his book, which I, I hope would be the case. That's what I'd like to to believe, but that still doesn't it doesn't help me, somebody who doesn't have the covering uh, of the church, right? Um, surely that's not what Jesus meant. That some religious organization would take care of me because because they're religious because they have the name of Jesus on their door or something I don't know it's it's just one of those weird things right I one side of me has always wanted to not be that person that person who's always worried about money and, and investing in the stock market and, and is materialistic I still am, like, you know, I, I like, I like cars, right, I like to have stuff, I like gadgets, I'm a very normal person in a lot of respects, you know, I have, I have an iPhone, I, I have stuff, it's not that I'm trying to be a, a homeless hermit, or something like that, I have a family, I have responsibilities, um, Am I supposed to give all that up and just be homeless like Christ was? How, how, how does that work for a family man, you know? I wish I could talk to Peter. We know Peter was a family man. He had a wife, he had a mother-in-law, at the very least, possibly children. I don't know. <clears throat> How do we cut free from the material things that that bind us, right? That restrict us. Is is are the material things of the world keeping me from realizing eternal life? 
I mean, I think in a lot of ways, the, the confidence in the physical, and Paul talks about this, right? Being confident in, in your lineage or confident in your education or, you know, um, what have you. Uh, it's, it's all folly, right? I think that's what even King Solomon would say that you know it, it's all it's all like like chaff it, it you know it's it's here today but it's going to blow away with the wind tomorrow it's 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 temporal um, what lasts what lasts uh, is love right do we love and have we felt love have we have we received love? I think it's difficult for us to love if we have not received love. Well, the truth is, everyone on earth has received love from Christ. They may not know it. They may not feel it. Um, but that love is there for everyone. Um, free of charge and, you know, all you can, all you can carry, right? All you can handle. Abundant, abundant love is ours, and I know that whether or not I am able to be released from the bonds of materialism or not, that love still is there for me. It's still there for me, and I don't know how much of my my current financial situation is just because of my my personality or my character or, or, you know, my, my Enneagram type, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know about all that. I'd like to think that it's because I'm trying not to be overly confident in that stuff. <coughs> Sorry about the cough today one of the things with the season I'm afraid just got a tickly throat uh, yeah so it's one of those weird things I, yeah, of course one side of me wants to be completely released and free uh, from all of that and the other side of me realizes I never will be or at least can't can't see a scenario where it could be. Not in this day and age. You know, a lot of it's just because of the reliance on technology and things like that today. You know, GPS and all of this stuff, we, we really rely on it. <coughs> And you don't have to be rich to have an iPhone. Not here. Maybe in some places. People figure it out, right? People will get that iPhone somehow. Now the truly poor people, sure, maybe they don't have smartphones and gadgets. Uh, and maybe they're happier for it. I don't know how to be released from that, except step by step, I guess, you know, somehow figure out a way to 
to slowly uh, wean my myself away from the reliance on those things. But the problem is, in doing so, I became I become less connected to those around me as well, because we rely on this connection so much. I I, I suppose in the time of Jesus, I could liken it to the Roman roads. You know, the Romans who were not Christian, who were not moral, not righteous in the in the eyes of God or the eyes of law, of the law, they created these roads, right? The, the Roman roads that they created allowed for, relatively speaking, for the time, quick and efficient travel from place to place. And that meant the transportation of goods and communication as well. It was the internet of the day. These roads connecting all the major cities of the empire were what held the empire together in a lot of ways, right? It made it possible to get um, what do you call it? Correspondence or communication from one part of the empire to the next, uh, from one side to the other, so that the empire in some way could be a coherent entity on some level. Without the roads, uh, it would have been impossible to keep the, the empire together. And so they created roads. They did what they had to do to make sure that communication and the exchange of goods was possible uh, so that the empire could be both wealthy and informed, right? That's kind of what the internet is for us now. It's taken that concept and just made it basically light speed, right? We are now, uh, though not physically connected, we are communicationally connected to, to nearly everyone in the world um, person to person and it's crazy right it's 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 an amazing thing it's an amazing time that we live in and I can't imagine now life without that well I guess I can because I lived it right all this happened in my lifetime well not all of it I suppose telephones, and television, uh, movies, things like that happened earlier. Uh, but with the internet, it's just, it's just taken everything to the, I don't know, to the nth degree. <clears throat> and so you have to have a certain amount of money to be able to be connected to all these people. For me to be connected to my daughters parents. You know, last night I got a message from my sister talking about my mom's health and I'm able to, to talk with them in detail. Um, she lives, I don't know, 8,000 miles from me. Actually, I think it's more like six, 6,000 miles from me. And yet there she is her morning and my evening or maybe her afternoon. I don't remember. Uh, but she's able to communicate with me exactly what's going on with my mom. And we're able to 
to talk about it, right? Uh, you know, in, in not that long ago, say a hundred years ago, it would have taken a letter. <clears throat> and that letter would have taken <clears throat> weeks, if not months, to reach me. And by the time it reached me that my mom was sick, my mom could be dead. And the only way I'd know is if I waited for the next letter or if I got on a ship and transported myself across the world, which would take weeks or months. Uh, and so the, that's just how life was then. And I think you accepted that and it wasn't wasn't considered bad it's just it's just what happens when you live so far away but now the fact that I live really far away does not um, exclude me from knowing what's going on more or less now, I may not have every layer of communication available to me but more or less I can know what's going on so anyway, this is my dilemma. This is a struggle that I have. This, you know, living in limbo between materialism and total reliance on Christ. And, and it's just a, a place I'm at. And I don't know how to deal with it. Uh, I'd love uh, to be able to talk to you guys and see, you know, what do you think of that whole dilemma? Uh, how do you navigate... Uh, the uncomfortable waters. So I'm just a little bit late, so I'm going to have to turn this off and run in. So thanks for talking, guys.